Pottercast is a member of the Mischief Media Network. Please also check out Make New Mistakes, a podcast about being in business, being in charge, and being the one to screw it all up. Out now, wherever you listen. Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Brack. This is great. awesome. Thanks for coming, guys. This is like great. old school when we did Borders, Kansas. Remember that Borders, one? Borders, Kansas. There were like six people. Ones? It was near the end of the tour. Oh. So for those who don't know, we are a Harry Potter podcast. We have been podcasting since... Four, I feel like I've said that 16 times this weekend, but we have been podcasting since 2005, um, which is forever mm-hmm. in the world of podcasts. And we went on a tour in 2007. Yeah. And um, we went to all the borders. Remember borders? We went to all the borders around the country right great. before the Harry Potter books came out. The last Harry Potter book came out. And um, they were wonderful little intimate experiences. So hopefully we can have some of that right now. Uh, so we have a couple things planned uh, for you guys today. How many of you have heard the show before? I would hope maybe quite a few of you. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. So we you know what we're doing. That's yeah, exciting. awesome. So, well, what we normally do with um, a podcast is we try to touch on some of the latest things happening in that, what we call the Harry Potter world or Harry Potter fandom. And uh, sometimes there's news about things happening with the uh, new films, uh, used to be the books, obviously. We used to spend most of the time talking about what was going to happen in the next book. And uh, funny enough, we actually do have some new book news, which was really kind of crazy. She's writing 36 more books. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> what is going on? So we'll definitely touch on that a little bit. And uh, yeah, maybe do some canon stuff. Mm-hmm. We have some guests. So we have some guests. Very exciting. Mike Schubert from Powderless is going to be on. Brian Ross from Draco and the Malfoys is going to be on. Yes. We're going to play some games. We're going to do some canon conclundruming. Canon conclundrums. Canon conclundrums for the new, the new peeps. Uh, before the last book came out, we would do canon <laughs> conundrums. Yep. And that would be like, there's a question about the canon. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out who's right in the end. After the book came out, it be- they became canon conclusions where we talked about all that. Yeah. And then there's a middle ground where you're never going to know yeah. the answer, but you need to fight about it till you die. Exactly. So that's a canon conundrum. So we have a couple of those. Brian's holding on to them for us for later. Um, so yeah. Hmm? To steal the conundrum? I f- go for it. <laughs> sure. Have fun. Um, so, okay. So let's talk about these books. Yeah. So uh, 65 books. 65 more books. Very <laughs> shocking that Joe's found time to not only rewrite the Fantastic Beast series, but also write more uh, Harry Potter books. Kidding, of course. I don't think she's rewriting all of the scripts right now. But she's she, rewriting something. She could be writing. I don't know. She disappeared. Did you notice that? She yeah. was all over the place online, and it was so nice to, to see her, you know, opining on this and that, and then 
nothing from since January. She didn't even do her uh, May 2nd. Every year on May 2nd, which is the Battle of Hogwarts, she does an apology for character death. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she didn't do it this year. Is she out of character death? No, she's no. not. There's Fallen 50. There's 50 at least. 50. Oh, my God. No, she's not out. She could have apologized. Well, she apologized for Colin Creevy once. Yep. Um, I think Fred Weasley. Yeah. She apologized for him. I got that right, right? Yes, it's Fred. Wow. Mm-hmm. There was a day where I wouldn't have paused <laughs> before <laughs> before saying before saying that. Um, no, she could have, and she's been she's been real quiet, and um, probably a lot of reasons for that. Yep. Well, you know, now she's she apparently wrote four more books, four more little ebooks. Okay, so what are they the, really? What are the books really? So, from our understanding, they are uh, some more details on the um, you know the world of Harry Potter, specifically having to do with uh, four specific areas of magical study. Uh, this is based on some of the new things that were in the touring uh, library exhibition uh, started at the the British Library, and. Well, it came to New York, mm-hmm. right? I didn't have a chance to see it myself. I live in uh, California. Uh, Melissa tells me that she couldn't quite get there. She had a thing. no. I did a speech at it. I've seen it, but I didn't have. I didn't do the full tour. Oh, not did um, the full. But I did. I did thing. a speech. Okay. At <laughs> at the New York Historical Society, which was very fancy. Oh, it was oh, a very fancy day in my life. Very yeah. nice. Very mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so these four books we got. Uh, see if I can remember this right. One of them is about uh, herbology or herbology, depending on mm-hmm. the based who you are. on classes, right? Yeah. So they got. Uh, uh, well, they're called like the History of Magic series, and one of them is herbology. One of them is astronomy. One of them is defense against the dark arts. And one of them is escaping me already. Care of magical creatures. creatures. Yes. Okay. So. So it's all folklore and myth, but they're not. The press was like, J.K. Rowling has written four new Harry Potter. No. No. Well. No. That's the clickbait, though. That is the clickbait. They're not, so the, the anti-clickbait, which also gets you clicks, is when you say, "No, this is not actually four Harry Potter books." They're like. Little, they're like maybe like 20, 30 pages. They're like Man, will they be little. longer or shorter than like the Quidditch throughout the ages? Shorter. Or in, yeah, and the Fantastic Beasts. Well, I mean, shorter. Look what that turned into, right? I mean, you say? we had the Fantastic Beasts little primer turn into a whole five movie series. <laughs> so Lord knows what these so ones will do. Listen, we're going to be pod- podcasting until we die forever ago. I told you that we she would did. be here. You know, I had a midnight release of either Quidditch throughout the ages or Fantastic Beasts. You guys he thought really I was did. crazy. He really did. There was a, John has this crazy history, for those who don't know, of um, saying things very casually that end up being true. Uh, so he predicted most of the ends of book seven. Just if you go back through Pottercast, there's like a giant list of things that John yeah. accidentally got right. I mean, like to Mr. be Blood. fair, Wig, you sit around for like a thousand hours recording yourself talking That's about fair. this. You're going to land on a few right answers. That's and I'm fair. sure there's plenty of nonsense mixed in there along the way. There's a lot of nonsense <laughs> yeah. mixed in along the way. It's true. Um, but you did say at some point, yeah, yeah, and you know, 10 years, we're going to be going to the midnight release of the, <laughs> the Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Beasts. Yeah. Okay, so four new movies. Yeah. Well, actually, really that would be like 16 new movies, right? Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Pottercast forever. <laughs> yeah. We're all booked. <laughs> we're booked. 
awesome. So yeah, we don't know a heck of a lot else about these Nothing. books yet. Other than that they're going to be for sale. They're not well, going to cost as much as a normal book. They're going to be a little probably ebook only. Would you call them a Kickstarter for their new website? It does sound a little <laughs> bit like a little mini fundraiser without calling it that, doesn't it? Is she running out of money? <laughs> it's the question. Okay, to be fair to J.K. Rowling, if she is running out of money, it's because she gave so much to charity. So let's she like did do that on purpose. Call a spade a spade, you know. Yeah. But it's 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 like every little individual thing having to do with Harry Potter probably also needs to be making some money because there are other sure. people involved with just that one thing, and they're not going to be making anything off of the movies if they're just the website people or you know the video game people aren't going to make anything off the theme park and vice versa. So, but no, like Pottermore and Wizarding World are all coming into one big. Um, Big thing, yeah. and I guess a lot of people are employed. So, what's a great way to get a bunch of, bunch of uh, comfortableness in your yeah. in your budget? Well, Pottermore has always kind of had it like a little uh, issue with uh, figuring out what exactly it is, and it's been a couple things, more than a couple things over the years. And but even from the beginning, it's always had some original content from J.K. Rowling that you would think would be the big draw and you know i think originally they called it like the red quills that was her little contribution that was new to the site and then you know they completely changed the whole site around and it kind of became more of like a fan site like a buzzfeed-esque yeah. type of thing mm -hmm. and even that probably had uh well not probably i mean there were more original articles written about mm -hmm. some of the characters mm -hmm. that would later, you know, in the Fantastic Beast films, in some cases, be completely forgotten about in some cases of certain professors and, uh, you know, <laughs> when she was born and when she was oh, certainly not born. God. Um, I'm so confused so, about McGonagall. <laughs> now we're being very specific and we're calling this new content is a new Harry Potter book, so there's no confusion. Uh, everything new going Wait, forward. Well, the secret about why McGonagall is a time traveling superhero. Yeah. Um, be in these four. Because mm. I'll take it. I'll be happy. Here's my money. I, yeah, me. you know, I bet there's an hour long film version of how she is able to exist in this timeline, potentially. There's got to be an answer. Yeah. I mean, they twisted themselves into knots for Cursed Child to explain all their time traveling. So, but if we they noticed could it, do somebody that for noticed her. it around her. Oh, so, you would think, she no right? There is an answer. Mm -hmm. The issue is that it is completely contradicted by, by the current canon. Yeah, by by the thing that she literally just wrote and put out online like a year or two earlier. Yeah, the McGonagall piece. Not even just like rewriting something from the book. Yeah. But. This is, um, we sometimes jump ahead and assume <laughs> that people know because we're so deep in it. Uh, this is the fact that McGonagall shows up in the Fantastic Beast movies. She shows up, but if you look at the history and what's been documented, she shouldn't mm -hmm. even be alive. Right. <laughs> it's not, it's... It's set, it's set in the mm -hmm. 20s. It's it's completely clear that she should not... She Well, alive... She says she's around 70 in the in the early books. That's yeah. what J.K. Rowling said once. But then she also says in the books that she's been teaching there since 56 or something. I forget the date, but she gives a date, and mm -hmm. that date is nowhere near the 20s. And yeah. it's not even the... the, the um, anyway... It makes no sense. It makes it yeah. makes absolutely no sense. And w the the duality of completely believing that Joe has an explanation will give us an explanation. There is a reason for this, and that 
this is also completely contra- it's not even that it's like not explained it's contradicted yeah by the current canon yeah I guess <laughs> you just want to make money there's two it. different ways of making that mistake I think with the canon and I think this is this is what I would call like a a soft sin if you will where the detail came out as kind of like a companion to like the overall plot. No, the detail was in the book. But what I'm when she started is teaching that, in like, Hogwarts, is in the books. It is, but like it's not like dependent on anything like major sure, plot-wise sure. happening, and you it's just something it. that she gives us to make the characters and the world seem a little bit more real. And uh, if she has to change anything going forward to serve some new plot, I think so long as she's not changing anything that was heavily connected to a previous plot, like that would be a huge. No, no, in, in my book. Um, here's, here's where I... Because it is neat to see her, right? Like, people did probably get a little excited before they thought about it too hard. Like, oh, neat, it's a young McGonagall. And then, yes. like, okay, wait a minute. It's cool, But and still, it's like, it's cool to see her. And I don't know, maybe that they thought would be worth it. And it's worth just, pissing off, like, the little percent of people that are going to, like, raise their pitchforks over something But like that this. little percent is exactly the percentage of people that made these books the phenomenon yeah, they were. For that reason, they were we were obsessive over the details, and we had utter, concrete, mm-hmm. unshakable trust that she had all the details held in a yeah. very, in a very um, controlled world. Mm-hmm. And that, get, that was a very big part. Yeah. Of why we spent 15 years or 14 exactly. years or whatever. You know, you're right. Being able to talk about it. And so I'm cool in theory with her changing things and you know having fun. But it does break at the fabric of I, what we have believed think, to be true about the Harry Potter I think she should at least acknowledge it when she does do things totally. like that. Because you're right. The whole reason that we were able to do a show like Pottercast for this long is, you know, the foundation of the show really was built around the idea of trying to figure out what was going to happen in the later books. And the only reason we could do that is because there was such a clear established canon and a clear idea of, uh, you know, she's purposefully adding details and clues throughout these things that you could, if you catch them, use to predict what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, all of the magic in there as fantastic as it was, was all based in something that was consistent. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of all of the, uh, you know, like true crime related podcasts here at, at this convention that, you know, get really deep in the weeds on like the details on, you know, I'm sure different uh, laws and, and different things on the individual, you know, cases that they're studying. And I think, you know, in a way we tr- treated, you know, Harry Potter canon in a similar thorough, detailed way to figure out, okay, well, who really was, you know, behind, you know, this event or like who really, you know, who will be the the Half-Blood Prince or R.A.B. or, you know, Snape, good or bad, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And so, yeah, if if you're going to upend the idea that there's like a coherent rules set to all of this, then that's really going to change how a lot of people appreciate you know, not only what they've already read, but what they could read in the future. We are going to um, invite a friend up right now. Um, his name is Brian Ross. He is the one half of the band Draco and the Malfoys. Who here knows what Wizard Rock is? Okay. Wizard Rock, I get to explain it to people. It's very exciting. We're going to talk about it more. Wizard Rock is music about Harry Potter. And that sounds like a very small and niche thing, but it's actually been a really big deal over the past decade or so mm-hmm. um and brian we've known brian forever um tell us a little bit about yourself and draco 
Okay. Um, well, Draco and the Malfoy, but also Draco. <laughs> Draco and the Malfoy started because my brother and I, uh, we've been playing music together our whole lives, and we, through, our, through playing music, met these guys named Paul and Joe, who were a band, are a band still, called mm-hmm. Harry and the Potters. And they were writing songs from Harry's perspective about the stories. And we loved the stories already. We were just totally into it. We thought this is the greatest idea. So we had a, a couple of shows, ended up booked with them. And um, through our friend Matt, who, who uh, was having house shows at his house, he ended up booking uh, Harry and the Potters. And uh, we were going to play the same day as like just a duo that had nothing to do with Harry Potter. And they couldn't make it and, uh, because they ended up touring booking a tour in like Scandinavia or something that that month <laughs> and um and we were like oh it's too bad well maybe we could play a couple Harry in the Potter songs for people who are disappointed they couldn't make it I said that to Brad and uh Brad said well why don't we write our own songs about Harry Potter and we play those and I said oh we could write it from the bad side <laughs> <laughs> and he snapped his fingers and pointed at me and said Draco and the Malfoys and so we called up our friend Matt and said, hey, we have this idea, we need you to talk us out of it. And <laughs> he, said, he said, no, you got to do it. So uh, he booked Draco and the Malfoys and Harry and the Potters to play at his house, at his house show. And so we thought it was going to be one time ever. We thought one show, it's going to be funny. Paul and Joe will laugh. That was our goal. And so we wrote a handful of songs and played them, and we thought that was it, that was, that was fine, it was a fun joke. And uh, they went on summer tour that summer. This is the summer of 2005. So they're on tour, and um, they were having book a homecoming six. show. That's when Book Six was coming out. Book Six was coming out, yeah. that's right. And so they, they were from Massachusetts, we're from Rhode Island, so we live kind of near each other. They were having a homecoming show, and they said, hey, will you open it up? as Draco and the Malfoys and we we're like okay this is cool now it's a two-time joke and so uh, so people were coming up to us after like hey where are your CDs where's your shirts and we're like no we're not a band it was, it was a joke it was just a joke and so um, then a couple months went by again and we thought still thought it was a two-time joke and then Paul asked us if we would write a song for a compilation CD they were doing called a magical Christmas of magic and they asked us if we would play at the Yule Ball that they were putting together in Boston Uh, and then at the bottom of that email it said oh and I have something else to ask you give me a call and I thought, you've just asked me two things in this email. <laughs> Why isn't thing number three in here? Well, anyway, okay, fine. I answer those questions. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I give him a call, and he said, hey, will you, will you guys tour with us next summer and be the opening act on our tour? And we're like, okay, now we're a band. That, this, is, this is it. So we put together a MySpace page. Um, started, okay. oh. yeah. Yeah. Y- you can laugh, thought. but it was it gold. Was. It yeah. was gold. Uh, it was awesome. It, it was such a great way to reach people who were connected, you know, connected with Harry Potter community and Harry Potter fandom that I didn't even know existed at the time. And it blew up. It, it really, it blew up really quick. And um, the next thing we knew, a bunch of people all around the country who were Harry and the Potters fans, because they'd been playing for two, three, maybe four years at the time, 
um, all started saying, hey, I could be Ron and the Weasleys. I could do this. I could do that. The next thing we knew, there were hundreds of Harry Potter-based bands all around the country, all on MySpace, all connected, all started doing it. Now there are over, th there were several thousand people who have recorded and released stuff about Harry Potter since then. So. And it became for a while the same way that podcasting has such a low bar and people can experiment with it and create and learn and and think of themselves as creators in new ways. People who never thought they would be musicians or were doing, there was like a seven-year-old, uh, what was his name? Darius. Darius. He was the Hungarian Horntails. And most of his music would consist of literally him screaming like a dragon because it's like, <laughs> he'd go, Dragon Wizard Rock! Dragon Wizard Rock! It was just the, you couldn't and he played live it. shows, he too. He did play live, live shows. shows. It was amazing. He played was shows. Incredible. He played a show with us for the book release, or the last book release. We had like 15,000 people at the show outside in Harvard Square. And this kid played it, and he was a superstar. He was incredible. What's was he awesome. doing these days now? He's uh, not seven anymore, right? No, he. Oh my God, he's he like an adult. He's still writing. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, wow. He's, yeah, he's an adult. He's an adult. What does he do? Uh, I don't know. The last I knew, he was still involved in music. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Good. That's. I hate it if he was like a pharma salesman or something. <laughs> That'd just be wrong. <laughs> like, would you like to buy some of our product? And Dragon Wizard Rock. It'd be amazing. Um, uh, Brian, would you do the song for us? Oh, sure. Okay. Oh. So Brian's, uh, Brian and Bradley, uh, the Drake on the Malfoys are, I think literally nearly every song was written to foil everything about Harry and the Potters. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, this is kind of the joke, because they're a pair of brothers and we're a pair of brothers, so we kind of thought everything they did, we would kind of rip off of it. So they had this gimmick where um, they were time traveling, and so there were two Harry Potters in the band, and so... Part of it is they vaguely resemble Harry Potter, especially Joe at the time when he was younger. We looked nothing like him. <laughs> <laughs> so that was part of the joke was that one of them was Harry Potter from his fourth year at Hogwarts, and one of them was one of them was Harry Potter from their seventh year at Hogwarts. And and so they time travel and they play music together as Harry Potter. So uh, I was thirty at the time we started Draco and Malfoy. So. Someone else is one. 
which may have freed our ourselves or brought doubt to our family name. But your parents still got toasted by a big green glowing flame. My dad is rich and your dad is dead. My dad is rich, your dad is dead. Ah, that was such a piece of home right there to be at this convention and hear that song. It's very exciting. Thank you so much. That was awesome. (laughs) So you... So you have been reading the Harry Potter books or listening to the Harry Potter books again um, before, I know that you have some canon conundrums, as we explained earlier, yeah. but before we talk about them, sure. I want to bring up our second guest, uh, Mike Schubert. He is the host of the Potterless podcast, which a lot of you I know listen to. Um, come take any, any of the seats you would like. There's so many to choose from. He is two chapters away from the last the last the end of the seventh book. Yeah, please. Uh, it's amazing, an amazing journey. And <laughs> you should come on podcast properly when you're finished. I would love so to. But no spoilers, John. Mm. No spoilers. When we say two chapters, are we including like the last, last chapter that doesn't have a chapter number? Or? The epilogue? I mean, I'm, I've just finished. Where there is an epilogue. I just finished chapter 34 of book seven where Harry is dead. Mm. Uh, but I know that he isn't or comes back <laughs> but I haven't started chapter 35 how are you surviving not reading it I would lose my mind uh, I mean it's I just know it makes the podcast better when I get stuff wrong Fair. Uh, so if I don't know what what happens next and I try to guess what happens next it's it's very uh, it's a good time so I'm pretty sure I don't know if I said it in an episode or just when I was hanging with Eric Schneider before we did our live show in Portland I read some chapter and I was like well Harry's not gonna die <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big part of the fandom that year oh. Yeah. Will Harry die? And I. That was like, a big thing to, to predict. It was at the a big time. thing to predict. And y- if you know the hero story, you know he, kind of, he has to. But I was in such denial. Do you remember? No, no, there's no way. Absolutely no way. He's not going to die. But I think we all kind of knew. Yeah, well, we, we got to have it both ways. It was great. We did, we did. Um, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you started the podcast? Sure. So, my name is Mike Schubert, and I started the podcast. Um, I had done a smaller podcast about the app Vine. Uh, I was very much into that and did it for like a year. And then it was just so niche uh, that I was trying to think of podcasts that could appeal to more people and, and just something that like a lot of people could get behind. So I was trying to think of subjects that a lot of people are familiar with. And the first thing I thought was, oh, well, you know, everybody really likes Harry Potter. I was like, no, but I haven't read Harry Potter. And I was like, oh, wait. That's the podcast. Uh, so I sat on that idea until I met my now fiance, Kelly, uh, who mentioned offhand one time, she was like, yeah, I really like the Harry Potter books. And I was like, ah, an excuse to talk to her. So then I actually like started the podcast um, and now it has grown into this thing that I never could have anticipated and it like is my job now, which is wild. But the story is, me, the whole podcast is just me reading the books for the very first time. Uh, obviously never read them as a kid, so it's a new approach being a, an adult and a snarky one at that. And then my guest is always someone who is very well knowledge in the series and read it multiple times. Melissa's been on and just go through a couple chapters at a time. Now in the seventh book, since it's so dense, it's like one chapter and sometimes multiple episodes to discuss one. But yeah, it's super fun. I am very biased, but I think it's very good. It's 
That is awesome. I'm very impressed that you've managed to go chapter by chapter on this series because oh we've God. attempted this so many stinking times. And I swear we've only maybe done like six or seven in a row before there was a reason to skip a, an episode and then we skipped another and then okay and then we forgot we were doing it. So yeah, I'm very impressed. No, I mean, that's, well, a, that's a lot. In the beginning it wasn't chapter by chapter. Like I think I did the first book in two episodes. Like It was okay. like eight chapters and then eight chapters. Sure. Uh, but then once it got more dense... So, like, as the books go it on, harder. it gets, you know, she gets better at writing and more yeah. things happen in the chapters. Yeah. What we say is that Harry got older and so his point of view became yes. more subtle and <laughs> complex. Yes. Which I actually think was a choice. But she also, obviously, you get better when yeah. you write, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, without spoiling <laughs> the last two chapters, <laughs> for yes. what, what, are, what are your canon conclusions? Well, okay. So, one of them has to do with age. So I, I do want to ask about this McGonagall thing a bit, right? So Let's do it. I'm ready. So you're basing when McGonagall, her age, based on when she started at Hogwarts. No. Okay. Nothing to do with her age. Okay. Um, just that she started teaching at Hogwarts at a certain year. A certain year. Yeah. So couldn't she have done something else before then, and that would account for how old she is? She didn't necessarily have to no, start because teaching she says, when she was young. She said, "I started okay. teaching at the school this year." So right, right. Unless but she was, unless she was like, she "I started teaching the second time." Was, could she have been thirty or forty when she started teaching there? Is all I'm asking. Is it possible? Uh, you know better than me. Uh, I guess, but in the movie, the movie is specifically dated. Yeah. So no and matter she's what, already teaching, and she's already in teaching. the movie. Okay, in the movie, right. so it's like, yeah, it's like how. Unless you were lying, unless right. right. Well, I thought we also had issues having to do with when she was born too, because mm-hmm. we had a lot of details about her parents in Pottermore here as well. So I think the whole timeline, yeah, kind okay. of got thrown. Right. right, because I think she started in the fifties, and so yeah, she could have been. Old. But it's Joe had said like in the nineties that jo, that in the the time period of the books that takes place in the late nineties, that McGonagall was a sprightly seventy-ish, mm. you know, yeah, somewhere yeah. like around there. Um, sprightly. It's a word that only gets used when you're above a certain age. Um, and it's, it's silly. Especially for wizards when 70 is really like 40. Well, don't forget, yeah, remember... the age of wizards? Like, yeah. how old is Dumbledore? Is he like 500? Like, I'm very confused. You know, originally, I think Joe said something that, like, he was 150. 150. Yeah. And then she... That's the same time she said McGonagall was 70. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's so, so, wizards age slower. Yes. Yeah. Or they... They have a lower rate of death because they don't succumb to um, muggle ailments. It's only magical ailments, and so you can imagine that that slows it down by itself. So wizards are lobsters, or they can't die unless they are actively killed. Wait, what? (laughs) That's like a thing about lobsters. They They just don't die. Whoa! It's like Wait. Some, it, it, I don't know if they like actually don't die. I could be exaggerating. I'm not a scientist, but it's something where it's like some something in their like chromosomes where it's like they age like really really slowly. So usually oh. lobsters don't just die of so, old age; they die what's the of oldest lobster? eating. Four thousand years old. I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, they well, they you, yeah, yeah. You can't die of age, age if you're a lobster. Like oh, okay. Like so, elves. like they hit like middle age and they just stay there. Like mm-hmm. elves and that's a deal I would make. They're like Jeff Goldblum. They hit fifty and then he's <laughs> just Jeff always Goldblum. fifty. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> so, so my thought was that Hagrid is awful young for like sixty three. Yeah. 
he is awful young. That, in so the movies, he looks like he's 20. He's, well, they also cast Gary Oldman as a 30-year-old dude. So yeah. <laughs> That has... I've never been able to explain why they made the Marauders so old in the movies. Yeah, casting, casting is one question, and then canon's the other, yeah. right? So it's not like we hear, oh, Hagrid looks young for his age, but he does not seem like 60... Right, because the 50 years before Chamber of Secrets, the Chamber mm -hmm. of Secrets was open. Hagrid was in his third year, yeah. so he was 14-ish. Yeah. So he's got to be like second or third. Second yeah. Third. So 13, 14. Sure. So he's 63 or 64. Yeah. You would think that a giant would have a lower life expectancy. I would he think the same thing. Right. Giants same thing. would have a lower life expectancy. Yeah. That's what I thought. But, but maybe like human giants like Andre the Giant like right. giants you know but human large people uh, have tall people yeah, uh, Marfan syndrome will, will yeah, often yeah, claim yeah. a life um, I think that possibly he wasn't 11 when he started that maybe they had a fight to get him to school for a few years so that could like shave a couple he was definitely a teenager in those flashbacks yeah. he was a kid you know yeah. It's, yeah. we have a comment Yes. That's right. It's spelled out that she's privy to Dumbledore's fears about Voldemort, right. and yeah. that she's a contemporary. So that yeah. Hagrid and McGonagall around the same age. And right. the McGonagall. Mm. Yeah, That's absolutely, cool. absolutely. And the McGonagall, but maybe they. Well, but Hagrid was in Gryffindor, so McGonagall and Hagrid were classmates. Close to it. We're close to it. 63. Oh, right, right, right. Years so apart. a couple. Maybe, maybe. And maybe. they can get, like, McGonagall's whole backstory and her marriage and all of that. Yeah, and what happens to that? What happens to that if... So, so this, is, this is how the age thing screws with us, like, maybe she shouldn't be alive. If she, for her in the 20s... To also be a contemporary of Voldemort, she needs to be around the same age of Voldemort. And the stories start around a year before Voldemort is born, I think, or a couple years before Voldemort. So it was like 26. One of the stories. Why can't I remember anything today? Mm. One of the stories. 28, 29. Voldemort was born in 1929. And so for McGonagall to be a contemporary, she would be certainly younger than 10 in this iteration. Yet there she is teaching at Hogwarts. What? This is a divisive question. It is, because well, we also know that the, the, all of the Harry Potter movies themselves aren't even canon. The Marauders but J.K. Rowling didn't write those movies. That's right. the thing. Yeah. I, consider, yes, I personally point. consider if she writes it, it's canon. Okay. I consider Cursed Child quasi-canon. Yeah, but she didn't fully write that script. <laughs> For the movies, she it. did. For no, that's why I say quasi, because she approved it. She knew it was happening. She approved the plot points, but she didn't actually write it. So I consider that sort of like... Approved in the Her zoos. name's the biggest one on the book. I mean, it's the first <laughs> one on the book. When you're JK, F, and Rowling. If I was JK Rowling, money or not, my name's the biggest name on that book. That's like what Gwyneth Paltrow did with her Goop book, uh, <laughs> where it really big is like, it's, it's like real big Gwyneth Paltrow and then very tiny top. It's like forward by. Like she wrote one page of a 200 page book about That's like funny. whatever Goop does. <laughs> like jade eggs. <laughs> but it is all based on her creation, so I think she's earned that. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. 
I'm of the camp Cursed Child is not canon, personally. Or at least it's as much canon as, like, the old PlayStation games. With, like, Flipendo! Flipendo. Is that a spell? Is that a canon spell? It is a canon spell. If you were playing a spell game, would that count? So there's something called lateral fiction that they create for all the things that are not the books, and I think that's what this all falls into. It's lateral fiction. It's it's, uh, the stuff that you need to fill out a video game, but... Mm-hmm. Isn't in the book, so that's the question. Like, where is your canon line? How canon is the iPhone game? Because if it's canon, I named Fang. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mm, I didn't get very far on the iPhone game. You have a comment over there. <laughs> so the question, just so we get on the recording, is that the since it's, it can't be a coincidence. It's not like Joe doesn't know these things. She wrote these things, right? So what, what could it have a deeper meaning? Could it have something to do with her animages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that she is the character, too, to introduce the whole idea of time turners. Uh, that's, you know, uh, that's, that's my other and I feel like her other. having oh. an interesting relationship with time what I feel if like she my feelings actually... just came out of my face <laughs> sorry is that it possible the... that she yeah. could go forward in time uh, and never back did we ever figure out like is there a rule that prohibits you from going forward that is interesting John I think you just did another Mr. Blood <laughs> I don't know why that never occurred to me is the McGonagall in moment. the books is the ex- will the explanation be? Because it's not. Because if that is the truth, then they have to change all this all this history anyway. Something has but to maybe change. Maybe it was someplace. a very illegal thing to do, and so all of her biographies written would have been that would be great. altered. That to, could be it. To that effect. No. Like she assumes this person's identity. Like maybe <laughs> she killed the old one. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're, right. They're it's not her mother. Her mother is definitely not. Name Minerva. She named, her name was Isabel. She was not of the magical world. It was a great source of, of pain to her. So it can't be her mother unless she changes the story of McGonagall's mother. That's what I mean. Like no matter what any of these things are, something that's yeah. already written has to change. Yeah, that's that's fair. Which that's, is why. Do we think it will be explained with magic before this is all done, or do we think this will just be like, a, okay, yeah, we just wanted to change this because it's, I we want an excuse to get her in the movies. Yeah. In the, it would be really cool character. to see them together. I don't know. I don't disagree. The, the history of the movies that have been created so far suggests that it's just a, w- a wash over to me. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're Well, I there hope are it's only a, two of these particular ones. Or do you mean the I just the mean movies? how the movies are treated in general. There's yeah. a lot that's just erased or washed over or just, oh, yeah, this doesn't make sense. But well, yeah. there's only so much a movie can do. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm. Wait, does he have oh more God. than one in the Fantastic Beasts? <laughs> Dumbledore's... Wait, wait. Have so you watched... I know. I know I've, I've, I've watched the first one. Uh-oh. I didn't watch the second one. Oh, boy. <laughs> I do, I, if you spoil that, I do not care. Okay, cool. <laughs> Dumbledore has a brother we never knew about, supposedly. His name is Aurelius. Aurelius? Oh, wait. Hold on. We're going to spoil Mike. Oh. I'm sensing a spoiler coming in the t- talking about Dumbledore's... Okay. Right? Right. 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 Okay. We got to stop that conversation. <laughs> uh, <no>. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Right. Yeah. But t- time travel, t- the introduction of the time turner in, in book three to, to exist as this little episodic thing that solves one problem or two problems 
opens up such a can of worms as far as the use of time travel. It's yeah. it's really like so. So fascinating so the idea. We need to dig into this idea of her having jumped instead of gone back. I like it. Then you were alive. Then in the yeah. But we learn all the time travel stuff from McGonagall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she go forward? Yeah. Oh, such a good idea. What if she just keeps it to herself? She knows how to go forward. <laughs> she doesn't tell anyone. Yeah. Oh, you can only go back. <laughs> so her history is nobody very... else has ever tried to turn yeah. it the other we way. We don't know when her... those rules would have been written. Maybe they were written because of we don't things know. That she Maybe did she wrote them back in the day. Yeah, there are other magical laws that were written in the time period of yeah. these lifespans of so uh, the characters. Her history is very tragic. You know, she had a, a love of her life who died, and she had a sort of long like life of isolation and all of that and it be yeah I don't know I mean okay this is like we're gonna dig into this on the next podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta get, get the details and figure yeah. out if it's possible what would have to change what would be the same yeah 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 Hermione yeah. goes mm-hmm. and smashes them all there was until there yeah, was. the plot was yeah. like we have to kill all of these yeah. <laughs> that is a big box of plot holes <laughs> yeah. please smash it <laughs> they're all broken <laughs> everyone yeah. But, but it doesn't take away the fact that they were available this whole time and not mm-hmm. used for things. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. like when they yeah. figured out they could bring back Dobby at the end of Deathly Hollows from the Den, I, know. I yeah. was <laughs> truly big moment. thinking that that was something that the Time Turner could not do. Same. But, um, Same. Right. Oh, shoot. <laughs> 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 no. The, the, the reason, even the, it's very thin. The reason that they give you not to use the time, the only, the only explanation they have to give why time travel is so dangerous and don't go changing anything, is because what would happen if you travel back in time and you met yourself? Mm-hmm. You would go mad because ooh, who's this other me? But after you know that a time turner exists, mm-hmm. that whole argument That's goes true. away because oh I'm you with the time turner see I brought the time turner I got the time turner okay I'm not mad I or just, just walk around the sign yeah. walk around so, the sign I have a time turner I'm you don't freak out yeah. and, and three spins took the, the kids back uh, three, hours. Di- three, three hours right so so why weren't like seven aurors going back a few days at a time until we got to a young Voldemort and just go just right. exactly. They actually did, ch- yeah. but the way the story was written, it is a, it, they didn't act, everything that was supposed to happen happened and it had growth and it had like, like this, yeah. but it's because it all happens in three hours. Yeah. Once you go wider than that, yeah. Like but, what happened to Captain America after he fights himself? Do we ever pick that thread up? Because you would think he would remember that one time I ran into like a slightly older looking version of myself. Like, what in the heck? Like, but I guess otherwise, it's a great Marvel, movie, though. I really it's a great liked, movie. I like that movie. The, the whole, time travel is confusing. The whole time turning yeah. thing is wild because it's like the, the reason why they do it is like, well, this. 11, this 12-year-old girl really wants to take a lot of classes. So, so clearly, we should take this yeah. thing that is controlled by the government and give it to her instead of like moving classes around uh, and just like making her schedule work. Yeah. But they're Summer like, school. we can't use this can't for... Some kind of, we can't uh, use this time to take the same forensics. amount of classes over two years mm-hmm. and just 
be like like an, like an MA program in the at Hogwarts. It would have been fine. Summer course. It is really wild that she got. But then again, she got it from McGonagall. So yeah, yeah. that's right. That's what that's what brought us to there. How, yeah, yeah. how helpful would it have been when they were hunting the Horcruxes to have more time? <laughs> you know, we know about time turners. Just bring a time turner, but they right. were destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's then that's the point, I guess, is when the original, you know, the Order of the Phoenix folks were fighting Voldemort when he was younger, they did have more time. They had a whole mm-hmm. thing of time turners, yeah. and they didn't use them to like go back and like fix, you know, yeah, nobody thought they to lost save and James and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. or just okay. like go back and figure out who did it right. instead of yeah. putting the wrong person right. in jail. Like I, yeah. I don't understand why there isn't like wizard CSI where they have time totally. turners and they can at least like not change stuff, but they can go back and be like, oh, and actually, yeah. Peter that Pettigrew was, did it. Cool, go pens- back, you're guilty. And they have pensieves. You have to imagine that there's not like there's there's like a super powerful pensieve in the ministry, and you can ask witnesses to take yeah. their memories out, and then you can figure it out. How do people get wrongly imprisoned in the wizarding right. world? Yeah. Well, and also. Um, I forget, is this in the second or the first Fantastic Beasts movie when we see Newt's commander able to determine what happened on this street uh, with using nifflers and some gold dust spell, the coolest bit of like investigative magic yeah. we've ever seen. Yeah. And it's something that was supposed to take place in the timeline, like how many years prior to any yeah. of this other stuff. But And they couldn't figure that out with Pettigrew. Yeah. They're like, oh, the finger must have oh, well. been, uh, you know. <laughs> Found I a think, finger. Yeah. The glove doesn't That's, fit. That explains everything. Oh boy! Sure. Voldemort had time turners. He could have gone back and hooked. I, gu- I guess then the other side has it. So the and they're just doing that, a bad job. Yeah. yeah, the Department of Mysteries folks are unspeakables. I like that. Which is a very like loaded term. <laughs> How come we never get into unspeakables? We never do. Well, because nobody talks about them. But why doesn't <laughs> why doesn't Joe ever get asked about them? I would love to have her give like a. Well, I, I can't talk about that so kind of answer. Questions. If we need yeah. to ask Joe wild questions, put me in, Coach. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All the questions that like need that no one wanted or needed answered, I've got it. Honestly, I'm, I think. <laughs> all the time about making just a little one-pager website of all of like the burning questions we have for Joe. So if she ever comes back alive on Twitter again, you know, we, people don't waste the questions that she actually does answer on Twitter with things that she's answered eight other times yeah. in the past mm-hmm. ten years of interviews and just have all the answers for all the ones that she's ideas? already answered and then have a list of all the ones she's never answered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people had pensives. Like Dumbledore could have done it. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. You're raising your hand. Sorry, the thing I like about books, and I think Mike talks about this on Powerless sometimes, is that even wizards with all of these extra tools have the same like human biases and like the unspeakable guy to sure. be like make wizards great again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. They use yeah. all these tools yeah. and just be like, Well, this is the only evidence I care about. I got finger, I'm not gonna look any deeper. Because I got all these other Death Eaters to round up, and I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's like the world we live in, and that's the world they live in. I was asking yeah. the true crime stuff earlier. <laughs> <laughs> true crime Harry Potter podcast. Let's mm. do it. Yeah. The, That'd the be first a fun. The first like three books at least are basically like mystery. They are mysteries, they totally right? Are. So there is a nice little tie-in with the mm-hmm. crime stories. 
Can you mess with well, pencils? Well, yeah, because Slughorn does it, Slughorn. but he does a really bad job. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, what's a, what's a, what's it's a like, Horcrux, yeah. Mr. There's Slughorn? A, it is like nothing. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> it's like when you you used whiteout yeah. <laughs> on your on your report or like on your test or yeah. something. There's, There's a glitch there. in the matrix when you mess with the <laughs> little black cats running around. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I want this is this is fun. We can keep going, or we can play a game. I can't, sure, okay. whatever. All right, so what I'm really interested in pitting um, either either Mike and Brian or Mike and John, but well, definitely Mike. We should start with against... three and then go down and see who oh, can survive. Oh, my God, you're right. Or start with four. No, I want to do it. Being fair <laughs> I'm going to suck at it. I'm gonna really... so that's the, the spirit. That's excellent. Um, <laughs> so we do a game. What do we call it? I don't know. Spell something. Spell, spell, spell game. duel. So, yes, dueling. It's our dueling game. And the idea is... Well, usually we stand up with mics and it's two people and it's like a duel. Oh, we can pretend. Okay, we'll yeah. pretend. It's fine. We'll imagine we're <laughs> The idea is one person has to do a spell. The other person has to do a spell. And it doesn't have to be like a coherent like Count. call and response to the spell. Right. You don't have to put out the fire spell with the water spell. It's right. just how many can you name until you're stumped. Until somebody mm-hmm. you okay. can't think Gets of a, a single nuts. spell. No help. Only help if someone throws out a fake spell that's not real. <laughs> yeah, and that's then fair. You can, you can be that. And then somebody should play the winner. Okay. All right. Are okay. we all going? Are we all doing do well, yeah, like a four-person yeah. spell? Yeah, and then it'll be down. like oh, musical I like chairs. When, I like when people are like doing their microphones. I'm going to do my microphone. Fine. How, how do you do? Show us how you do it. Hold your microphone and you go, Expelliarmus! Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. There's my first one. Expelliarmus! Accio. Knox. I'll go with a flipendo. <laughs> He's refusing to do the thing. Fine. Mm. Lumos. Obliviate. Rick Sempra. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Knox. Oh, I did that. I yeah. said that one. Uh, what? I did. did. I said it first because it's oh, the we're easiest. Just practicing. <laughs> you're just practicing. All right. I was throwing out the silly ones. <laughs> Stupefy. Protego. Expecto Patronum. Yeah. You know, I just realized I wasn't listening to everybody else's spells. That's an important (laughs) thing to do. And with four people, that's really hard. (laughs) I was like, I told you. I'm going to have to come up with random ones like Aquamenti. That was a real spell. Mm -hmm. Um, Alohomora. Muffliato. Relaxio. Wow. About. uh, You just read these books. (laughs) I know, this isn't fair. (laughs) Fresh. Uh, Avis. Akio. I said Aki here. Mm. That's your freebie. Do we all get a freebie? I use mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's only fair. Keep going, yeah. Okay. Well, at some point, some people need to. Well, we get one freebie. Okay. Uh, Oh, so I should do another one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Reducto. Um, Oculus Repair. I was going to say that. Uh, Silencio. It's real. uh, Don't worry. Because I also made the joke, that's just Spanish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is Latin, too, there but is, the joke is funnier if you say so. Like, spells are just the thing that you want to happen, but in Latin. Mm-hmm. If you just learn Latin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or take it in high school. Right. Or take it. Uh, how about uh, Ridiculous? Episki. Crucio. Oh, Sectum Sempra. Oh, shoot. That was my next one. Uh, Morse Morda. Nice. Avada Kedavra. Yeah, I don't think we did it yet. Nope. Imperial. <laughs> we're saving it. <laughs> Imperial. Uh, that was a, come on, where's, okay, the, where's um, 
Oh, what a priori incantato. Nice. Yeah. Yes, that's a nice one. Uh, me again. Darn it. Uh, People are sitting on their Do we do sonorous? No. Nope. Sonorous. Tarantelegra. Oh, I got one. Serpent Sorcia. Of course. Levicorpus. Moblicorpus. Mufliato. Who said that one? Somebody did. It wasn't me, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I said Mufliato. I think it was me. Oh, oh no. okay. It was you. Oh, okay. Uh, Pexy Pixie Pesternomus. <laughs> it's a block heart one, but whatever. Did I say Protego? No. Protego. No, I think no, you're good. Uh, Portis. Coloportus. I knew you were going to say Coloportus. Um, You're just riffing off of mine. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God, it's getting hard. Defindo. Lumos Maxima. Oh, did we say regular Lumos yet? We did say regular Lumos. Darn it. Are we allowed okay. to Maxima all the other spells? Maxima everything. Is that allowed? Avada Kedavra Maxima. Work. It work. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Mimble Wimble. What? <laughs> what is that? What does it do? I don't remember. Mimble Wimble. Mimble Wimble. Mimble Wimble. What's the uh what's the the one that makes people tap dance? The jelly legs one? Oh. Darn it. It's the Tarantelegra. Oh, that's what that is. It's a fun word. It might not be the tap dancing one. I don't know. The one yeah, they do it to Neville and he's like, ah, Harry. Uh uh, oh, Episky. <laughs> oh, you did? I did. I did. I just riffing off mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, this game. Is it my turn? But we're going to go through them all. Are we, though? Oh, five minutes. Oh. Saved by the bell. Um, is it my turn? Mine hasn't gone yet. But oh, I also okay, haven't yeah. used my freebie. That was your freebie there, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll take my, I will take, take my freebie. Take your, take your, pass, <laughs> your free pass. <laughs> I think I just had one too. Sudden death. All right, yeah, yeah. If you can't, Ooh. if you can't get one, you're out. We need to. We well, need we're to, a lot of freebies. So. We're a lot of freebies. Oh yeah, we are a lot of freebies. <laughs> Whose turn is it? Well, I Who's think we needed one from you. Oh, I, I used my freebie to get it off the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you still have to name one. Oh, I do. Right? Oh. Yeah. <sighs> There's a, what's the, Did we do Incendio yet? No. Oh, Flagrante. Did I say that yet? No, I don't no. think I said Flagrante. Ha ha. Flagrante. Okay. Mine is Incendio when it gets to How me. about Ferroverto? Nice. Mm. Um. Do we use Reducto? Yeah. 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 All right, I think I'm out. Oh, Wingardium Liviosa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you, whoever said book one. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I say Wingardium Adridosa. <laughs> I think I have one, but I don't know if it's been said. Uh, confundas? No, we didn't oh. say it yet. Nice. Petrificus Totalis. Uh, how did we not use yeah, that? How did we not say that? Yeah. <laughs> 
No help. No help. It's Mike's turn. Oh, what? I thought it was. He's out. Oh, he's yeah, out. Oh, poop, poop, poop. I tapped. What's the spell that they used to get rid of poop after they poop mm. in, in their pants in school? Um, uh, yeah, I could just make stuff up. Um, yeah, I think I might. I'm blanking on the yeah. vanishing spell. There's a name for the vanishing spell. No, are you sure? They never name it. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of here, spell. Yeah. That's no, something else. Obliviate. But obliviate's obliviate. 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 Yeah, I used that one earlier. Is it you? No. It's you. Me. Uh, um, oh, I think. Um, did we do reducto? Yes. You also. Okay. I think well, you also just, asked if we did reducto. I think I've asked twice. <laughs> just a, just a question. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the problem I was going to say. I was just curious. <laughs> um... Mm, no, throw out a random book number. No, no. <laughs> four. four? I'm just trying to think. Okay, four. Oh, what did we do from four? Yeah, you know. That's. Uh, I don't know. Shoot, I can't think of anything. Are you out? I think I'm out. Love a corpus. I said it. You said it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, man, I was so, I was so sure. Um, we've said Expelliarmus. Mm-hmm. I was so sure about Liver Corpus. I'm so Sorry. mad right now. Um, we did say Accio. Um, I might be out. Let me think. But you have to name one. To I know, win. Yeah, I got to end it. It's like the win. spelling bee. Uh, <laughs> I have to say a word at the end. I think he's got one, too. I feel like I feel like there's one like on the, oh. the, the very, very oh. tip of my tongue. I do have one. So Everybody I'm ready to. Everybody hints. Um, <laughs> I don't want to win with him. <laughs> I'm too. I have a secondary Hufflepuff, and it's strong. Um, I'm a Griff Huff. Um, What's that? Turn the water into rum spell, and never worked too well. Sunshine daisies, buttermellow, turn the stupid fat rat yellow. <laughs> we don't know that that's not a real spell. Yeah, it could be <laughs> real. So that's my spell. Nice. Isn't uh, is there one that's like? Is it like Bombardio or something uh, that like makes yeah. an explosion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bombardio. There's also. Um, oh, what about that one they used to like make Harry and I go splat on the Quidditch pitch? The Arresto Momentum. Yeah. Arresto okay, sure. That's good. Momentum. I'll take the hint. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Uh, n- I think he just did it. Skella go away. Skella go away. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm out. Of I think we, we all sort of lost. That means we all won. <laughs> See, this is what we need to do with two people, and it goes. And anyway. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming to Podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks we'll, so much. We'll this on the feed. Missed it.
Father, you free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>